0: This is the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. On this week's episode, Pat and I discuss some coaches that are on the hot seat, break down all the Week 4 news, give our gambling picks for Week 5, and talk about what went wrong with our Colts and Bears this weekend. and welcome back to another episode of the not gonna lie podcast uh, i'm john here with my co-host pat pat how we feeling week five
1: we'll can't wait uh, for to it to be five. over i can't wait for the football season to just end
0: that bad huh it's, it's that bad i mean i get you I w- we'll, we'll talk about our teams here in a little bit but rough sunday for the both of us um yeah rough sunday maybe you know what maybe let's just we need to air it out now i think i think we're not going to be able to get through this podcast if we don't talk about the bears and the Colts. so maybe we talk about it (laughs) get it off our chest and then we just put it behind us go through the rest of the pod so you you start let's let's talk about the
2: bears
1: all right all right i don't know who to blame i think that's i think that's the biggest problem is that i don't know who to blame do you blame the front office do you blame the coaching staff do you blame the quarterback do you blame? like who who deserves the the brunt of this? And then secondly, it's is this just a, a step in the process that we that we should have seen coming, or is this just things are not going well right now? Um it's it's rough. it It's Sam mustafer, I saw I, I told someone yesterday, I was like, Sam Mustafer got a PFF grade. Of a 1.5 pass block, (laughs) I said. But that grade is out of 10, and they're like, "Oh wow, that's like really bad." I said, "Actually, I lied. That grade is out of 100." (laughs) He just had a really bad game. He allowed six quarterback pressures. I don't even know how that's humanly possible. (laughs) I don't. I don't even remember the Bears dropping back six times in that game. Um, and then they're still they were well at least they were still doing a rotation between. Kevin uh, Jenkins and Lucas Patrick meanwhile in 26 pass block attempt or pass block snaps Kevin Jenkins allowed zero pressures um, and did not commit a single penalty and was one of the highest graded guards in the league for Sunday's performance even when Cody Whitehair be- is healthy he went down, has a knee injury. He said, I think it said that he'll miss some time, whatever that means. Um, there's no, there's no excuse anymore to not play Tevin Jenkins every single offensive snap of the game. Um, so you know, I, I'm interested to see what they do from here. There's just an element of I, I wouldn't mind losing these games if we were trying to develop Justin Fields by having him throw the ball 40 times a game, I just air it out, see what you can do, you know, try and try and build through something in the offense. um, Kind of like what we're probably going to see Kenny Pickett do with Pittsburgh, which is, yeah, I'm going to throw three picks a game, but I'm going to not a single ball of mine is going to hit the ground. So um,
0: that's legitimately how it is. When I play Madden.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I will sure. go, like 20, 20 for twenty three with three picks, like that's just how it works. Like it, it's I'm completing passes to somebody. Somebody's catching that ball every single time. So I yeah. I like Kenny Pickett's line was no stranger to me. Like I've seen that almost every franchise game I've ever played on Madden, um, with whatever quarterback I have, but unrelated.
1: Yeah, so so it was just frustrating. And then you allowed two hundred and seven. I forgot how many as a team, New York. Racked up, but like two hundred and thirty-five rushing yards.
0: Two sixty-two. Two sixty. I've got sixty-two right here. Yeah,
1: two sixty. You allowed two hundred sixty-two rushing yards against a team that you knew was just going to run the ball. Even if you had a good run defense, they they were still going to have to run the ball. um And then we're also seeing Kyler Gordon get exposed a lot. But Kyler Gordon, you know, he's a rookie, so this is the time to play him, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it, it was just it was rough and then it just gets compound like the mistakes all jump into one and it's Vilas Jones making his NFL debut and fumbling that punt with two minutes left was just the icing on top. So uh, it was a rough one, really demoralizing when it comes down to it, but not the end of the world. So, cause you know, the real, ex- the realistic expectation was a lot of people thought that this team was going to be awful, you know, like bottom three, they certainly have played like a bottom three team, but the results show something else. And that's kind of where I saw it was they're not going to be good, but they're going to be scrabby. So they will probably finish middle of the pack as, as a team like them would normally do. I guess you're hoping for a top 10 pick, but I don't know. You have some talent on this team, so I don't know if you're capable of finishing with a top 10 pick. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like part of it too and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I know that, you know, it wasn't a great game and there were struggles all over, you know, on both sides of the ball, but it's almost like, you know, the the most frustrating part is that you, that's your shot to go to three and one and the mm-hmm. difference between three and one and two and two is huge. I know it's a game, yeah. but like just the mindset of the fans, the organization, the team, like it just feels different. Um, and that's a game that you, you, you feel like you have to win. Like that's a winnable game. Um, Daniel Jones pulled the Justin Fields and hardly even threw the ball. Um, and you're right. I mean, it just like looking at it. I mean, I remember that one play uh, that I think it was Saquon caught that screen, ran backwards yep. about 10 yards, gets around to the other side and, and gets a first down. And it's like, wow, it's that it's just demoralizing.
1: Well, it's the fact that it happened multiple times.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that's a that's a fair point um i think that you know for any i mean we can get into the colts game we can talk about that like there's a lot of frustrating moments that happened in that game but um yeah saquon is you know returning to form and it's great and it's unfortunate that it happened against the bears um and you kind of got to see that
1: it it just it was a lot of rookie mistakes by non-rookie players too Um, And I know that like I've kind of taken the mentality of you're giving everybody a clean slate, but it's just a those are those are college mistakes that we're making. Um, But I think Um, I I texted either you or one of my friends earlier and I said. The NFC North is the Big Ten West of the NFL, so we'll see how it goes from here.
0: I mean, yeah, realistically, the way things are shaping up, who knows who really knows? um mm-hmm. the lions who we'll talk about a little bit later high scoring team in the nfl they've scored the yeah. most points in the nfl um one in three but wow um yeah I, I don't know i mean i feel like what what are some good takeaways let's let's end it on a positive note here with the bears what were some good takeaways from the game that you saw um that you can get excited about moving forward and bears fans should be excited about moving forward
1: when Jalen Johnson comes back from injury, the defense should look a lot better.
0: I like it. That, that's a good that's a good one to end on. We gotta we gotta keep it positive. Um now moving over to the Colts is gonna make it difficult, but we will try. Um this game, I feel like, you know, I don't know. I we talked about it last week and how I felt about how the offense was moving. You know, we we got the win, but it wasn't encouraging. But then it's like, you know, you take all of that and if you can just put together a good game, have a good full game against the Titans, you're 2-1-1, one, and one. Um, you've, you know, you can figure some stuff out, build momentum. And that just didn't happen. I mean, Matt Ryan, towards the end of the game, when they essentially abandoned the run, um, did really well. And it was encouraging to see some of the throws he was making, but also at the same time, I mean, I I, like, I don't get it. It's part of it. It's just really a confusing thing. Jonathan Taylor has faced a a loaded box, 8% of his snaps so far this season, which is like average. Like that's what you get for a normal running back. And he's averaging two yards a carry, but we're giving the ball 20, 25 times. Um, And I know that's your best player. and I know that's what you want to do, but the offensive line is not what it was. Um, It's clear that we needed to invest there um, and just simply didn't. Um, And it's hurting us. Matt Ryan has little to no time to throw the ball. He can't hold on to the ball anymore. um, It seems like, and it was, I remember they were talking about it after he fumbled on, I think it was like our first or second drive. They were talking about how they were talking to Matt Ryan in practice. And he's like, yeah, you know, when I go down, I just got to have two hands on the ball, like blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, you're 37. Like, why is this an issue? Like, you can't, I get it. I mean, like the fact that he's being pressured so often is not his fault but the fact that he just cannot, he's fumbled eight times in four games. Like that's, that's an issue, you know, like that's drive killers. That's whatever. Um, we even saw a fumble from Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it's just offensively um, when we just essentially gave up and just started chucking it, it worked out pretty well. So we'll take that for what it is. It was encouraging. We had multiple drives down the field that, you know, we couldn't close on and, um, uh, john taylor had a fumble we had a turnover on downs we had multiple chances to tie the game um i don't know i mean i kenny moore is, is one of the worst pff graded corners in coverage this season like yep. this season um, and he's been talking about a big extension but legitimately like he's more likely to be cut at the end of this season than to be extended with the way he's playing uh, i was reading a report today chris ballard and and frank reich are on the hot seat I don't think Frank Reich should be calling plays anymore. I think that it's, it's just simply not working. And maybe, you know, there's no saving it with the offensive line, but like, there's gotta be something, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's gotta be some, something that you can dial up that works. Like it's legitimately, it looks like the Colts are playing a different game of football than everybody else, because I turned on the TV and I watched a little bit of every game yesterday. And it seemed like, it was so easy for them to be open. Like it was so easy for them to scheme receivers open every once in a while. And the Colts, it was like pulling teeth. Like if you're getting completions, it's like an insane catch from Alec Pierce or it's a tight window on third and eight. Sure. Like it shouldn't be this hard. And everything about it feels hard. Like advancing the ball feels hard. Stopping the other team feels hard. Like I don't get it. It just feels like they're playing a different game of football. And everybody else.
1: Both of our both of our teams' offenses make football look like a completely different sport than we've watched really our entire lives. Or do you get the sense of like when you watch a game like Detroit's game, or when you watched what Sunday Night Football between the Chiefs and Tampa, that you're just watching like a completely different league than the teams that than like the league that our teams are in?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's infuriating
1: that we can't like they will they will complete you know. We'll throw it downfield on third and thirteen. Although typically they're not in third and thirteen situations, and then our teams will be like, dump it off or just run it up the middle. Let's get out of this drive and just punt it and reset. A, they they ma- they element. make the game of football look hard.
0: Some yeah. you know the the Chiefs the Chiefs make it look easy. The Lions make it look easy. The Colts and the Bears make football look hard. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, honestly. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Jonathan Taylor, I heard it was high ankle sprain. He's gone a couple of weeks. Now they're saying he might be ready to go for Sunday. But honestly, having to form a game plan around not giving it to Jonathan Taylor and hoping he'll bail us out might be the best thing for this team, might be the best thing for Frank Reich Yeah. Um, and that that whole offensive side of the ball, because it's like, all right, now we can give the ball to Matt Ryan, see what he can do. He wasn't terrible in the second half. Um, like obviously, you know, you throw for 350 yards. That's my positive. Matt Ryan threw for 350 yards. That's wild. And Mike, Pittman only had 30 of those yards. So that means it's being dispersed. Our tight ends look great. I mean, we know how to find them. Uh, Jelani woods is, I mean, you, you take Mo Alley Cox and you make a carbon copy, huge tight end moves really well. Um, can do, can catch, can block, um, like that that's an encouraging piece mo alley cox had six for 85 and two touchdowns like he he's looking good um yeah but yeah i like that's that's where i i can't really leave it anywhere other than like they make they make it hard um and it's not unfixable uh but for me like sitting there it just feels like okay what like what are we what do we do like how we got to start from the beginning and
2: just build from there. It's yeah, it's you.
1: You. I feel like you're falling into the same trap that I've fallen into so many times in the past where when you say. Um, I think, you know, not having Jonathan Taylor might be ultimately a good thing so that it allows Frank Reich to, you know, you know, whatever um, focus on. We're not use him as the ultimate safety valve. But at the end of the day, not having your best player on the field does hurt more than it helps. So maybe it helps in the grand scheme. And that's like the very optimistic way of looking at it. But in so many to- or like so many times, that is just not the case. And I have I've fallen into that very, very often uh, in my time watching the Bears.
0: I mean, it might very well be a trap in a way of thinking, but like watching these games, these are teams that we should not have trouble beating. Like going into the season, these are games that's like the way that they're playing. These are winnable games. These are games that we need to go out and take advantage of. I mean, I'm thinking specifically of the Texans and the Titans game, big divisional games. And it's just like, the only reason we tied against the Texans was because Jonathan Taylor went off. So now, I don't know. I don't know. We're we're I'm maybe I am caught in the trap. Um, but let's move away from here. We've got it out of the way, so we can't um we can't bog down the rest of the podcast um with our just terrible woes of being football being fans. Said,
1: well, I before we get to a different game, I can give you some positive news from this okay. weekend. Okay. We're one and three. Who's one and three? Our fantasy football team is oh. one and three. We we won a game. We won. We won. This we is amazing. It. We did it. We scored 117 points. I left my highest scoring player on the bench, which ended up being Rashad Penny. Um, but yes, I did in fact win a game of fantasy football for. Uh, it, it's the Kevin insert Kevin Malone video from the Office where he says, where he's like stumbling on his words and he's like, you know. Uh, things weren't going well for a really long time. And now I and mean, then he stops and he pauses and he says, it's just nice to win one. <laughs> that was that was me on Sunday. Because my game was decided uh before the 325 games were over. So that was great. Um Khalil Herbert I had to start Khalil Herbert, Cordell Patterson, um, and Antonio Gibson because uh I did make a trade last week. Okay. Yes, I, I did end up trading Derrick Henry, and in return I got DeAndre Swift, Tyler Boyd, and Garrett. Will, uh, yeah, Garrett Wilson. Um, not the greatest first week, considering that I didn't play Tyler Boyd, uh, and Garrett Wilson got me five points, and DeAndre Swift was out. Whatever, we still won. It's the little things. It was a gritty effort from the team uh in in the locker room after i was telling them how proud i was of their effort to really pull through um that's was how surprising. it feels i
0: have i have a team that is four and oh and is i think ninth or tenth in points scored in a 12 team league
1: i love that i love that's Defense that. wins championships that's
0: gritty yeah mm-hmm.
1: uh, it doesn't um, matter
0: how you win them if you win them you that's, that's all that counts
1: I will say I did lose a game yesterday because of that pick six at the end of the 49ers game. <laughs> I lost by five. So that was great. I was facing the 49ers defense, but uh, no, it, it, it really just, it felt nice to win one. We're in the win column. We've gotten over the hurdle and now I'm doing everything in my power to trade Cordell Patterson and Antonio Gibson before next week. So.
0: Fair enough. Well, yeah. Keep, yeah. Us post, keep us posted on that. Let us, let us know how I that will. goes. Um, in the meantime, take a. It's available. Can you get Tyler Alzier?
1: He's not. and I probably should have picked him up when someone dropped him after drafting him before the season started. But uh, oh well,
0: it is what it is.
1: It, it is, is what it is. it is. You learn and you, yeah, you learn and you move on.
0: All right, let's get to these games here. Uh, first up, the Thursday night game: Bengals Dolphins. The overarching story of everything we're going to talk about it, and then we talk about the game. I mean, Tua had a concussion. Yeah, into the game, it was terrifying. I mean, it's just like just watching. It was just so scary because you see, like that's not something that happens on the football field. Um, No, the way he was laying there with his fingers like curled up, at the fencing position, I believe it's called. Um, I mean. Listen, I think that there's a lot of like, there's a lot of blame being thrown in a lot of different directions. And ultimately, you know, I feel like it sits on the NFL, right? Because you're, you're trying to, the team, the team, the player, they're going to push. I mean, obviously safety is is a priority, but you're going to push to get your guy out there. Um, and I know yeah. that the NFL had fired their independent review person for multiple stakes he made in that whole process, but it, just to me, it seems weird that the collective NFL fan base, the casual fan can watch that play against the bills, see him collapse and then have to be held up by his lineman and say, yeah, you know, I think he's got a concussion and then he somehow is cleared and runs out there four days later, um, I mean, it's just, it's just weird, you know, like I get that that's something that's happened in the past, but you know, if they're trying to emphasize safety, um, at the very least, like somebody has to, you know, somebody has to step in and make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, and obviously it's easy to sit back and be like, Oh, cause and effect here. But like, if the league is serious about player safety, they would follow through on that and not retroactively after he's carted off the field. Say yeah, I think this guy made a couple mistakes. Yeah, when the rest of the world is like, yeah, we know, like we saw. That's the thing. That's the thing Whoa. that gets me is like to sit to go after the fact and say, yeah, this guy made a couple errors.
1: Yeah, in, in hindsight, it's definitely a bad look. Additionally, I there was a report today. I think Front Office Sports had it where they were talking about um, how Mike Pereira changed the game for officials by putting a rules analyst in the booth are television broadcasts heading toward inviting an injury analyst to be in the booth then too and i think that that becomes such a slippery slope of you're not a doctor in the examining room or like in the examination room but it's so unfair and that just that starts to almost glorify the injuries more than anything else to me because i i one of my pet peeves is when a broadcast booth says well we don't want to speculate on this injury and then immediately proceeds to speculate on the injury like they'll say oh man i don't want to speculate on that knee injury but that looks like a torn acl if i've ever seen one and it's like you just said that you weren't going to speculate and now you are like you are doing that exactly um so that's one of like the things that bugs me and you'll notice that every broadcast crew says that when an injury occurs to the point where now if the thought ever became, yes, we should have a injury analyst in the booth. You are just, you're now leaning so far away from that, that it's just such a, it's such a stark contrast to me. Additionally, in response to the front office sports article today, a lot of people were saying somebody needs to hire pro football doc, pro football doc, David Chow, I believe is his name show uh I, I i'm unfamiliar with the pronunciation so i'm i'm apologizing now but he uh he's a former chargers doctor who was sued for malpractice like not a good doctor and this guy has now made a living and i love how it's says fan duel his twitter bio like yeah he works for fan duel and we're like Put this guy in the booth that sounds like a great idea no that's awful That would be like hiring the other Chargers doctor who collapsed Tyrod Taylor's lung and almost did it to Justin Herbert for all we know. (laughs) But I don't want to speculate. I don't want to say that that's what he did. Uh, It just seems so short-sighted to me and so dumb and so unnecessary to the greater good of these broadcasts. But I am not in the room making that decision. I just think that it would be so insanely stupid to do something like that.
0: I will say, though, you know, the the first thing that comes to my mind, like in response to that is you think about you don't like an answer speculating on what's going on. And I do think that there are some doctors, some experts that could provide some insight, like a great example of it would be, you know, uh, to his injury when he's laying uh when he's laying on the field in that fencing position to have somebody that come in and say, Hey, like, this is something that's happened. This happens with traumatic brain injury, um, that sort of thing, or, you know, and, and maybe that's just an isolated incident that it would make sense for that thing um, to know, because the worst thing that you want to do is have somebody speculate in the booth in a situation like that and just be flat out wrong.
2: Um
1: yeah
0: of like either kind of like when
1: Tony Romo was like, ah, you gotta hope it's a cramp or whatever. (laughs) I think he said you gotta hope it's a cramp to Prescott as his ankle was pointing the wrong direction.
0: (laughs) So it's like there you're gonna run into errors with that. But I mean, I am with you. I see the the side of like we're not trying to glorify injuries, but I think the most important thing is getting the best information that we can, uh, the most accurate information we can. And sometimes that's just not possible. You know, but to have somebody that can say, we don't know, might also help too, um, which might be, yeah. you know, end up being an, an easier job than what we might anticipate. But I don't know, I, I can see I can see why there might be a push for it. But I also think you make a great point of like, there's no need to be glorifying it and bringing attention to it. Um, yep. Just like there's no reason that they needed to show Tua on the ground so many times. I mean, if a guy like snaps his ankle or like you think about like the those traumatic injuries, you're not showing it. We're over not going to show this again. one. Yeah. And it's yeah. like you see like the, the there's probably like six times. So like you just look and yeah. you can see him laying well, on it the was, ground. And it it's was like, the yeah, we know. They
1: went to commercial and then they came back and they were like, here it is again. And well, that's the
0: thing for me is like it means that they sat there, they thought about it, and then the producer <laughs> yeah. greenlit yeah, let's show this in slow-mo 80 times so they really get an understanding of what went on. It's like, yeah, we saw it once. We know. Um, but, yeah. Looking at the game itself, though, um, transitioning out, um, the Bengals are still struggling, I think. This game didn't really convince me that they were back on the right track. Yeah. Um, I think that they still have a lot of work to do and the same concerns that we've had coming into the season are still there. Um, you know, it's nice when you're two and two, um, then you can, as opposed to, you know, winning their last two, as opposed to being, you know, one and three, Oh, and four and having those concerns. But I don't know. Did you, did you learn
2: anything from either of these teams this game? Not really. Um,
1: no, I didn't it's kind of it's kind of the same of just this this week was so odd to me really kind of around the nfl just to where no team necessarily jumped off the pages like oh now i think that this team is legit the only the only team where i think that there i had any takeaways was really the jacksonville and philadelphia game
0: well we can yeah let's let's jump to that one then let's let's talk about that one a little bit um, hot start for the Jaguars. Went up 14 nothing. Squandered the game. Uh, lost 29 to 21. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has had a decent start to the season, but you can't turn the ball over that many times. Like
1: turning the ball over too much. But I also am appreciative of the fact that Doug Peterson has them looking more lively than I think. It would be tough to replicate what Urban Meyer did last year. It would be really tough to replicate that. Doug Peterson literally just has to know who Aaron Donald is, and he's off on a better foot. <laughs> but, for, but as someone who was pretty against the Bears, considering Doug Peterson, I, I, I still am fine with the Bears not having hired him, but I also think that he was a really good hire for Jacksonville. Um, and this is someone who I think I think I said during the first couple of weeks I was like yeah I don't think that like Jacksonville's competitive like nature is like sustainable or whatever it is I think it is more sustainable I think they're a lot more scrappy than I originally thought
0: yeah I mean you, you just look at the competition that they've played and they've been in every game um, yep. like they've been r- right there and this is a team this is an Eagles team that a lot of people had you know like or at least as of last week, you know, Super Bowl contenders coming out of the NFC, like one of the favorites, Um, and then they jump up fourteen nothing on them, like like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I will say one thing about this Jags team, and I agree with you. I I like you could go into any week, and I there's no way in the world that I'm gonna be betting against the Jaguars just because you never know, nope. you never know, and that's the team that's dangerous. And if they get a couple bounces their way, that's potentially 9 10 wins you know what i mean like yep. they they're going to be competitive in every game and it's just a matter of what are you going to get from Trevor Lawrence can he make those steps that he needs to how effective is uh you know their weapons around him speaking of i want to put this here on record i think that we have seen i think the shift has started i think the shift towards Travis Etienne has started um yep. same amount of carries but the routes that Etienne ran um far outnumber James Robinson. I think that this was the plan all along. We see teams do this pretty regularly with a younger running back. I think of like Antonio Gibson at the beginning of his career, Deandre Swift. Um, They slowly kind of work him in. I think that's kind of what the Broncos were planning on doing with Javante Williams as well. Um, But I think that this is the game where we see, you know, it wasn't really, once they went down, it wasn't really a positive game script for them to do anything on the ground. but I think, you know, he out, he out, he ran more routes than James Robinson, same amount of carries. Um, I think ultimately ETN is the better player and no knock on James Robinson. He's not going to be like completely phased out of the offense, but I think that we've seen the switch now, whereas before it was 1A, 1B. Now we see it flipped and ETN has kind of taken that 1A role um, in my opinion, but yeah, this is a good Jacks team. This is a, And, you know, this is a good Eagle. This is a great Eagles team too. I think defensively, they did really well. It's not like the Jaguars were just dropping the ball on the ground for them to pick up like force a big time James Robinson fumble in the goal uh in the red zone. Um got after Trevor Lawrence constantly. Um this is a very well-rounded team. Jalen Hurts had a bad game and they still won by a touchdown. Yeah. And that though, those are the kind of games I think that tell me a lot about the the really good teams is what can you do when your guy doesn't quite give you the best game right and I think that like as great as like you know as great as Tom Brady is the reason why they won those Super Bowls and they did what they did was because when he maybe didn't have the best game the defense stepped up the run game stepped up somebody else stepped up and that's kind of what you look for like that's in my opinion that's like that championship DNA is like who steps up when you don't have you know your your main guy so I'm not I'm not saying like I'm not crowning them as Super Bowl champions or anything but it was, just, it was sure. just a good game to see because you know Jalen Hurts is not going to do that every game. Um, but if you can come out with a win in the games he does that, I mean, great. You know what I mean? Like,
1: that's well, just fantastic. What's interesting is that Dallas is getting lucky that Cooper Rush is doing well, or else Philly could run away with this division. That's just yeah. kind of how the season has started. Mm-hmm. Um, they're certainly separating themselves as the top team in that division, but you're also looking at a 3-1 and one New York Giants and a 3 and. It, yeah, three and one, Dallas Cowboys. Which That's is right. Hilarious.
0: You, you cannot, you cannot forget about them. You can't, you no. can't forget about the Giants. The three and one. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, they're they're extremely forgettable.
0: But. I, yeah, no, I just that was a that I was being a, a, just a little bit sarcastic. I did call yeah, just, Daniel Jones so, Mister Limited. I think like two weeks ago. So I think <laughs> that people know where I stand when it comes to the New York Giants. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean. Dude, looking at just what some of the the trades that these teams have made this offseason, especially regarding wide receivers, it's so interesting. Like AJ yeah. Brown uh going to the the Eagles and then them giving up uh their first round pick in exchange to the Saints for to for them to get Chris Olave, who've been playing really well, but now, you know, you look at where the Saints are, um that's I think it's the 4th pick, it'd be the 4th pick if the season ended today and By no means do I think the Saints are going to end up around that area. Um, But, I mean, that's just interesting. And a good segue into the next game, the London game. Um, Yeah. I mean, that was – did you get flashbacks with the double doink? Was that like –
1: I had – I referenced Cody Parkey and or the double doink so many times this weekend. It was (laughs) awful. It was so bad. It was between. Um, I'll 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 give you a quick rundown of the different instances in which I was talking about Cody Parky. Um, okay. My dad was throwing me his car key, I hit the railing on the stairs, and I hit the other railing on the other side of the stairs, and I said, "All right, Cody Parky," uh, and he was like, "Ah, good one, <laughs> whatever." Um, that was that was the preliminary one. Didn't think I'd ever have to say his name again this weekend. And then if you watch the Kansas-Iowa State game, which I did uh, for my now number 19th ranked Kansas Jayhawks, got to love congrats, it. Congrats, um, congrats. Big one this the week. The Iowa State, kicker uh, going twice. And then also missed a third field goal, um, one to tie it um, with, or uh, yeah, one to tie it with, I th- I'm trying to remember, I'm getting it confused with another game, but this was to tie it with just a few seconds left and uh, missed it so wildly to the left it was probably about 15 yards wide uh, and that was before the wind even took it the wind took it after it really had crossed the goal or after it had crossed the goalpost even further to the left but this kick was just so bad and it also kind of bleeds into my I don't really understand why the hash marks are so far apart on a college I was just
0: deal. talking about that I swear, I was talking about the roommate this weekend. There's no
1: reason for that. It
0: makes it so much more difficult for them. A chip shot is not a chip it. shot if you have to angle that far yes. to the to the side.
1: So I don't even know how much I don't know how much more difficult it makes it for them. But it makes it so much more difficult as a viewer to think that they'll ever make a field goal. Like yeah. we talk about how bad college kickers are, but in reality, it's it's like they're kicking from the numbers half the time. Yeah, no, it's, legitimately. I, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I, that's that's so crazy that you say that because I was just, we were sitting, I think we were watching the, it was when we were watching the Missouri-Georgia game and I turned to my roommate and I said, why are the hashes, like, why, why do they do it that way? And are the posts bigger in college? Are they, like, they're a little bit bigger, right? I don't think they are. No, they're same size? I think why, they're the same. Why I don't make,
1: remember, but I'm.
0: I feel like we need to get some sort of, like, kicking expert in here because i'm about to do some heavy speculation but it's gotta be harder like just the angle of the kick like it i i want to see i would be interested to see what would happen during the course of a season if they brought them down to like the way the nfl does it because i feel like they're both 18 feet 18 and a half feet apart okay so same 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 post in
1: the ncaa and the nfl in high school it's 23 uh it's 23 feet and four inches apart wow
0: I, I would just be interested to see what the how how that would change because it's I mean just thinking about the angle that you have to kick like that just adds another layer to it besides everything else that goes on when you're trying to kick a football into the post like I, weird um yeah. but yeah who's back of the week Cody Parkey apparently this is a big one for him
1: yeah it was a rough weekend a lot of Cody Parkey mentioning and then I had a lot of people sending me texts at you know 8 or 11 30 in the morning central time saying oh my god double doink and it's like oh my god it's on nfl network i can't watch it thank
0: god yeah i did not see a second of this game live um, <laughs> yeah i only saw highlights just yeah which was crazy i will say though just a weird thing i wake up so the game starts at i think it's 7 7 30 mountain time um and i wake up at i think it was 7 or maybe i don't know But I wake up at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever it was. And I look at my phone and I see an alert of like Alvin Kamara ruled out. I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, And I just like switched of my lineup, went back to bed. I wake up at, you know, 930 or whatever it was. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the, the Saints game is like in the third quarter. Like, thank God. Well, I don't know what I would have done. Like, that's probably one of the weirder like like, what do you do as the manager? I know I was talking to my roommate um, and he was saying that if it was up to him, he would, you know, like let them switch out a player as long as it was before the one o'clock games. Um, yep. Just because that was so like, that's, I mean, I know no one so cares this came about up. fantasy football, but that's just a weird way to go about things in my opinion.
1: So in the league that I have discussed over and over on this, um, I'm the commissioner of that league. So this came up because a lot of my friends are based in Kansas and a lot of them had a lot of fun on Saturday night after reaching 5 and out which fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um and then I got a text at about 9 saying, "Hey, uh I'm super hungover." And he says this into the group chat so we're all aware of the of the circumstance. He says, "I'm super hungover. I didn't wake up until just now. The game already started." I did not know that Alvin Kamara was even questionable for this. I thought that it was just like a, a tag that they always give him kind of a thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, Which in fairness is true. Um, so it just it, it felt odd. And then the only person who had pushback against it was the player who was playing against him. But I said, well, here's the thing. I'm letting him replace him with his bench running back. And this was before the one o'clock game. And it was Michael Carter. And pretty much everybody in the group chat was saying, "If Michael Carter beats you. That's on you. Yeah. Like whatever. Uh, and then it ended up the guy with Alvin Kamara. And then Michael Carter ended up winning by about 30 points. So it didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it just, I would have let the switch happen. If it was a one o'clock game, obviously not. But I think with that eight thirty start, or say you're, you know, you're I mean, Pacific time, time, right? Yeah, I'm Mountain you're time, Pacific, but Pacific time. time, even earlier. Like what? But yeah, if you're it's six thirty Pacific time.
0: Yeah, no, I had no like, I'm I had not no setting business. my
1: alarm for six a.m.
0: I had no business. Yeah, just in case one of my players gets, broke. I mean, I might now. <laughs> yeah, just out of yeah. like out of fear, like. Yeah, uh, I have to look and see. I got to make sure, you know. I got to be up at six a.m. to make sure Aaron Jones isn't ruled out like last
1: second. Aaron <laughs> was ruled out at four thirty a.m. Pacific time. That's wild.
2: That's
0: yeah. wild. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I woke up was a minor miracle, I think. Um, but regardless, uh, I don't. I don't think personally Andy Dalton that that noise of him taking the starting job from Jameis is legit. I think that Dennis well, Allen had. I think that Dennis Allen has more faith in Jameis than Sean Payton did, um, just th- throughout the whole process. You know, considering there was even a competition between him and Taysom Hill, um, that's beyond me. But regardless, I I don't know. I mean, are you buying into that? I know that everybody's like, oh, he looks so good, blah blah blah, whatever, whatever. Like, it's not like the Vikings are are world beaters on on defense, um, and. I wasn't overly impressed. I mean, I, you know, from the the recaps that I watched, didn't really stick He's out to really me. a really fine time.
1: backup. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I agree. So Part of the thing that expecting... Winston
1: would also be a really good backup, but that's oh, yeah. just me.
0: But I, I think that uh, this next week is the perfect game for him to get back on track against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, yeah. I, I am, I have to look at, I have to double check, but I might be talking about the over-under of that game uh coming up here shortly so just right. just keep your keep your eyes peeled for that one
1: um i will quickly it's the i'm reading a an answer off of quora so i don't know the legitimacy of this but it is a 10 year old answer so we'll see um uh so in the nfl they are set 18 and a half uh, inches uh, apart the in hashes in college they're 40 feet wide and in high school, they're 53 and a half feet wide. So in the NFL, hash marks are essentially the width of the goalposts. And in college, they're twice the width of the goalposts. Um, and the reason for it is, uh, it looks like back in the 70s, it says it was just an intentional decision to promote offense by the NFL. Hmm. Uh, saying that the nearer the hash marks, the easier it is for the offense since the ball will always be starting around the middle of the field instead of heavily skewed towards one side. So that makes sense. Why college hasn't followed in in those footsteps, I don't understand, but no.
0: Yeah, I couldn't tell you, but it would be really entertaining actually to see them take away the hashes and just watch a team line up like, especially if you go out of bounds, like you could, you have to put like the center on the far right side.
2: Couple years ago. Yeah.
0: And everyone to the left. like, I,
1: be kind of fun. I think that'd be interesting. It's the Pat right? McAfee fake punt from a few years ago. We don't no, We don't need to talk about we that. We don't talk about that. All right. That's fair. I don't know. We already talked know, about the I double blink. I, so I figured that we'd bring it up.
0: I honestly don't even know what you're talking about. You kind of sound crazy right now. Um, All right. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Moving on here. We'll go through a couple of these games really quick. Browns-Falcons. Thoughts? I mean, Cordell Patterson out. Tyler Algier looked really good. um, 14 runs in a row is
1: really funny. Um, If you talk to any Browns fan, they'll ask for Joe Woods to be fired for Christmas. It's all they want, and they're hoping that Christmas comes earlier than usual this year. Um, And I don't blame them. The defense is not good, but they were also missing Miles Garrett and Jadaven Clowney, so it's I guess it's unfair to judge the run defense on that. But also, it was rough. It was it was certainly rough. Um, however, I, I, I also think that it should be pointed out that the Falcons' offense isn't awful. No, they can put points together. Um, and so the fact that it was only what 23 to 20 is not, I guess it wasn't like the worst, <laughs> yeah, no, showing in the world, but yeah, agreed. it certainly wasn't great for them.
0: I was, I was inches away from taking the over in this game. Um, over. I
1: did, and that was one of my losses,
0: yeah. But I mean, I don't blame you, you know, the way that the teams are set up, and I'm with you, like they, they can move the ball well, and they have been so far this season. Um, don't know why Kyle Pitts can't be involved in that too, but. Um, I don't know. That's another story for another day. Probably one more thing before we move on. It is tough, especially because we've talked about this. The Browns are going on a very difficult run, like one of the most difficult stretches in the NFL. Um, And this was kind of their last like gimme game that they needed. Um, so I'll, the next four games and it actually will. So they go Chargers and they go Patriots. So that might be a little easier depending on Mac Jones or not. Um, but then it's Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks. We've talked about this so many times, but it's like, this is where you have to steal a couple. Um, yep. but it's going to be incredibly tough and having that three, one cushion would have helped a lot. Heck, having that four Oh cushion would have helped a lot of it. If you just, if you just you hold on the
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So that's just, oh, you yeah,
1: I, it, it's tough to get into the four zero discussion only because they also probably should have lost the game against the Panthers. Fair enough. Um, without yeah, York you know, game a little winning bit kick. of help from yeah, the Cade York game winning kick, but also a little bit of help, help from the officials to get to that point. Yeah. Um, so maybe two and two is yeah. fair. Maybe two and twos. Is- two two and two is fair. It, it'll it'll be interesting because you can either see this team being you know you know let's say four and seven. When Watson comes back, you could see this team being two and nine. When <laughs> he comes back, or you could see them, you know, like a five and six. I suppose. So they're probably not going to win many more games until he's back, but it'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, they were exposed no. a lot this weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, yeah, I'm, I'm pleasantly, pleas- pleasantly surprised by Jacoby Brissett, though. I thought that he's been playing well. I thought I feel like he's been more aggressive. Like the Jacoby reset I saw in Indianapolis and the one we see in Cleveland is two very different people. This is a yep. guy who legitimately is not playing with you know like he's not turning around like looking for somebody to take his job because he for these next eleven games he is the guy, you yep. know. And I, I think that that's really cool to see um, a, a confident uh, a confident Jacoby reset. That touchdown run was nice a little he looked very athletic I didn't know he had it in him but he looked very athletic on that four-yard Chicago
1: touchdown Jacoby Brissett probably has more touchdown runs than
2: uh,
1: I don't know I how many I oof. do you think that he has more than 10 touchdown runs in his career I think it's
0: very possible I think he definitely could but it's all also very possible that he's got like four
1: they just feel like he was always the goal line guy in Indy. True.
0: I mean, that's fair. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's built for the quarterback sneak. He's probably one of the, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL at the quarterback sneak. Just a, a weird, niche, unpopular opinion. Um, but he seems to be very efficient.
1: He has 14 total touchdowns four. in, or in, in his career. Wow. He that's... had in 2017, he had four. 2019, he had four. 2020, he had three. Get eleven total with the Colts, it's one with the Pats, one with the Dolphins, and so far one with the Browns.
0: I just, it's just one of those things that, like, I just didn't really even like pay attention to. Like, like that's sure. not something that you think about. But I mean, he's the perfect guy for it.
2: Yeah, interesting.
0: Um, all right, Bills, Ravens. Uh, the Ravens squandered multiple chances to score throughout the game. Um turnover on downs turnovers in the end zone I mean I don't know this I mean this was a game that you know good for the bills that they won but you kind of feel like the Ravens really squander this
1: one um those didn't look great either but it also yeah well well Baltimore definitely feels like they they let they let up not let up but they 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 shot themselves in the foot in this one but it's also just a game between two very good teams, where you know, for both the Bears and Giants game, and then this game between the Bills and Ravens, one team was going to be three and one, one team was going to be two and two. Both, like the Giants, are a very undeserving three and one. The Bills are a very overdeserved. Like they should probably be closer to four now. Mm-hmm. Um or like they could be 4 and 0 even though they're 3 and 1. Um as for the Ravens, it's like man, they really could be 3 and 1. Meanwhile, you look at the Bears and you say, man, they really could be 0 and 4. Like they're bad. Yeah. Um so it's just kind of like an interesting comparison of because it's early in the season, it's tough to look at a record and say definitively like this makes sense. Like the Ravens obviously aren't going to go 9 and 8. Uh, based on like what we've seen from them because they're too good to do that yeah um they they look they kind of remind i'm trying to think of who they remind me of where it's they're they're not winning games by flukes or by just random ass blowouts if they're winning they're winning hard if they're losing they're losing close which is the the sign of a very good team Mm -hmm. yeah um where like was it last year was it last year's sunday night football game with between the chiefs and ravens where the ravens just stomped on the chiefs and it was like whoa what's going on here yeah yeah where you still got the sense that it was like the ravens are still very fluky yeah um i get less of a sense that they're fluky and this was just a hard hard fought loss in the end um so I, I like what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that they're better off that you're going to lose games like this. It's just yeah. how the NFL works.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, the bills are like we've said, like the cream of the crop. They're one of the best teams mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um, and it's, it is crazy that we live in a world where the two and one bears face off against the two and one giants and the two and one bills face off against the two and one Ravens. Um it just you know it's it's crazy and that's why it's dangerous early on especially just to look at records and say oh this team's better than this team because they have more wins well i don't you know i don't know am i going yeah. to take the giants over the ravens no no never not in a million no. years uh record wise they're better but that's just you know that's just the way it shakes out um but yeah that'll be interesting to see i i feel like these this could very well be a rematch of the conference championship game I think the, both yeah. of these teams are that are that good. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of stringing them together. I think that the Bills and it's do. one of
1: those games where you could see it going a different direction too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I do want to see. I still haven't really seen a lot of like that full discipline. It's kind of what I was talking about last week a little bit, where it's like just those silly little mistakes. Like there are st- some of those struggles that still need to be ironed out. Um, but you know, a win is a win. Um, so for a win. for the Bills, but that's something that looking for looking towards the future it's like all right if they can't clean these up by the playoffs like this is going to be a team that's like especially for like betting purposes that's scary to be like all right i want to put all my eggs in a basket with, with these guys um because it's just like that one fluke or that one undisciplined play that you know can alter the course of nfl history to to get dramatic um i, I love it so, yeah right chargers texans texans made it close to the end i mean damien Pierce is. That guy for fantasy, um yep, Austin Eckler had his return. Gerald Everett is looking like a great pickup in fantasy. He just somehow can squeeze out eight targets and a touchdown every other game. um other than that, I mean, yeah, we're still we're still formulating opinions on these teams, and nothing is nothing really swayed me from these guys. It was nice to see Austin Eckler kind of return to like that form that we know a little bit, um but this was a game I expected the Chargers to win by double digits, and although it was just mm-hmm. ten, I mean, you know, that's just kind of how
2: I how I expected I to go. Winning know, you by you ten is still
1: listening? a lot in the NFL. Um, yeah, it uh, Chargers are good, Texans are scrappy, but they're not good. Um, they don't really have the horses. They Davis Mills is like a fine quarterback for a rebuild that you move on from when it's time to actually get a good quarterback um and there will be people who are upset by that and they're like oh davis mills hive whatever it he's he's andy dalton in a texans jersey that's perfectly fine because yeah. that's the quarterback that they need right now um but yeah it's uh nothing here surprising
0: um cardinals panthers same thing i will say that one thing that i i do feel like i want to address a little bit is i was semi not not big on the panthers but i had them winning i think it was like eight or nine games so i had them like right in that contention of things i think i still yeah yeah i because i still believed in what baker mayfield could do but we're four games into the season and not even sam darnold made dj more irrelevant you know Mm -hmm. like that that to me is the biggest concerning piece of everything of DJ Moore was regularly you know didn't look it but somehow he would sneak through and get a thousand yards or whatever um and you know he had a he had a decent game. I think you got targeted the ball uh, targeted a little bit more. I need to look up his stats specifically, but so far this season he has been incredibly quiet and now it's like okay, we really got to think about this. Um, yeah, six catches for 50 yards, which brings up his season total. To um he's got about one fifty over four games um I mean that's that's scary like we we saw this with Odell and we th- and the same thing happened. it was like Odell goes to the Rams, he looks great, and it's like, oh wow, is Baker the problem? Baker goes to the panthers d j Moore struggles uh kind of exemplifies that a little bit more. I mean, I don't know are you
1: are you changing your tune on the Panthers like it, from preseason absolutely um i think it's because matt rule is just bad it does not help that matt rule is bad um and baker looks baker looks worse than he did now than at his peak with cleveland which is a little bit troubling because it just felt like a new system new coach that might help you out instead he has like panicked feet he's his you know His throws are not accurate when you lose that accuracy that you can one at one point claim you lose your best feature at that point so it's it's troubling just because it's it's a very how it it, i don't know how to fix it that's the problem i really don't know how to fix it um maybe maybe the answer is getting rid of that rule midseason. I don't know if the Panthers have the guts to do that. But if they lose another two games in a row, I don't know what their upcoming schedule is. Um it is they play the 49ers and then the Rams, and then the Buccaneers. There's a very good chance that they're one in 6 on October 23rd in the afternoon. Um, Yeah.
0: I, I I hear, I do hear the argument for, you know, them finding that quarterback and then getting piecing that together, but you've got a a top, you know, one of the best running backs in the league in Christian McCaffrey, you've got um, a really, really good wide receiver in DJ Moore. It shouldn't be this difficult, I think for them at this point. Um, And that that's the concern for me. Um, I, Coming out of, of Baylor, there was concern on my end from Matt Rule. It didn't seem it felt fluky. It didn't feel like well built, sustained success enough for me to for him to make the jump to the NFL and be like, yeah, this guy can really do it. It was weird. You know what I mean? Like it just seemed like they had sure. one really good year that they weren't even, in my opinion, weren't like overwhelmingly good. And then all of a sudden he's jumping to the NFL. It it was it was interesting to
1: me. Yeah, it, it's kind of neat because if they if they were to fire him, you likely will then promote a coordinator if it's if it's like a midseason firing, uh, which means either Phil Snow, who's the defensive coordinator, who I've never heard of before. Um, one last look for the special teams coordinator is Chris Tabor, who held in for Matt Nagy when Nagy had COVID last year. And the Bears probably put together one of their most fun games of the season, which was against the 49ers. They still lost, but it was at least fun. And then their offensive coordinator is former New York Giants head coach, Ben McAdoo. Um, but like, if it. the offense is the problem, are you promoting him? Probably not. So kind of an interesting, what do we do if we fire you? It's not like we're bringing somebody out like from the outside in. Um, so I don't really know what the the course of action is for Carolina because it's a it's a year where you probably would like to compete, um, considering that you have invested in Baker, relevant or relatively, you know, risk free in terms of your investment in him. But it's just it's not working, and now it's time to figure out why is it not working
0: yeah oh, it's definitely something to look forward to in the coming in the coming weeks because yeah that stretch of three games like they're they could easily lose those three games um, yep. and then where are you at uh interesting uh let's let's jump to the sunday night game chiefs bucks bucks sort of made it close at the end but this was the chiefs that we know i think um the offense looked really good, was flowing really well. CEH has been a, a surprise, I think, for me, in terms of efficiency. Because I feel like that was a big challenge for him. But and I think, and even like finding the end zone, I feel like his first season in the NFL, it was like a guy of like his build should have no problem. But it seemed like he struggled with that. And now he's kind of figuring it out. Um, I mean. Yeah, I, I think that this was the team, the Chiefs team that we expected to see um, that's figuring it out. But I want, I do want to say I was surprised by the Bucks. I thought that they were kind of finding their form as well. And maybe that's getting Chris Godwin back, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, yep. don't know. But offensively, getting Chris Godwin back, Tom Brady looked to be his normal self somewhat. Um, and I thought that they were moving the ball really well the concerns of the offensive line are still there um, that we had going into the year. Um, But it was encouraging. It was really encouraging for both teams. I know that it was essentially a blowout for Kansas city, Um, but it was, I I do want to like, I do feel encouraged by both offenses and that's kind of what we were kind of missing. I think the past couple of games with, with both of these guys.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, It's one of those, the NFL is better when Tom Brady's, If Tom Brady's going to be in the NFL, the NFL is better when he's good. Um, It's kind of the same goes for Patrick Mahomes, even though he hasn't been around nearly as long. Um, And this matchup would have sucked if it ended up being like 12 to seven. Yeah. Which is Um, honestly
0: what I was partially expecting.
1: Like I think that,
0: that there was in the back of my mind, it's like, well, they could just not score at all.
1: Yeah. Um, now on a one and three hole for Tampa, just, there are so many issues with that team that the offense getting on track is fine, but if the defense doesn't really get on track soon, then you're starting to dig yourself in a pretty ugly hole. Um, I'm taking another quick look at their schedule. They play the Falcons next week, the Steelers after, and then the Panthers. Um, you have to get right and you have to probably you definitely have to win at least two of those games. You probably have to win three. Yeah. Cause you should be beating the Falcons. You absolutely should be beating the Steelers and you should be beating the Panthers um, because then you, uh, you host the Ravens and you host the Rams the week after.
0: I mean, fortunately for them, their competition in the NFC South is pretty much non-existent.
2: Pretty um, brutal. Yeah.
0: So that that makes things easier and add to the fact that realistically these are you know these are three games that the defense can and should dominate um I think that uh you know we talked about the Panthers the struggles they're having this, they're probably likely going to get Kenny Pickett um and the with the Steelers Um, And so these games are games where the defense, if they're going to, if there's any hope of them returning to that dominant form, it's going to happen uh, through these next three games. And I,
2: I can see that easily happening. Why should the New
1: York football giants put together a trade package for Mitch Trubisky? Or do we not think that Daniel Jones is out enough, is out long enough for that to change? Because if Tyrod is a concussion, if Jones is out for any sort of time. Yeah. Oh, I guess he's, I guess it's a two year deal. Never mind. I I forgot that he's not on the vet minimum like last year in Buffalo. So that changes things. But yeah, that's a shame because now he's, now he's kind of forced to be the backup there when he's not good, but I do love it when Mitch is starting football. (laughs)
0: fair enough i mean listen you talked about it and we can just touch on it briefly and then move to the monday night game but this isn't a mitch problem and i feel so badly for him because it's hard enough playing quarterback in the nfl it makes it a lot harder when the offensive schemes that you've been in have not allowed you to develop at all um this they they have run the Ben Roethlisberger offense. It feels like all season. Um, they have, and then are disappointed when they get the Ben Roethlisberger results.
1: Matt Canada is such an awful offensive coordinator. Shouldn't even be. Should not be in the NFL. Should not even be in college. I think I said this last week too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's frustrating that Pittsburgh. Because the brand of the Pittsburgh Steelers should be better. And we talk about Mike Tomlin, you know, always being 500 and above or whatever. I think yeah. last year was the first year that that didn't work out maybe. Or no, did they they make the playoffs last year with Big Ben?
0: Uh, No, I don't think so.
1: No, they definitely got close to it though.
0: I know they were. Yeah, I know they were. Were Were they? Now, now you've got me double... You got me overthinking, hang on, let's look at this. I got to see.
1: Yeah, they beat the – they they lost to the Chiefs in the first
0: round. Oh, yes, yes. I completely forgot about that game. That was – yeah, because they were the sixth seed, I think, right? They were sixth seed, and the Raiders
1: got the seventh seed. 42-21, to 21. game was not even close. Yeah. But yes. it did start five minutes in, TJ Watt, 26-yard fumble return, because <laughs> I remember all of my Chiefs fans' friends – shitting their pants <laughs> yeah oh I, my god we cannot lose two
0: yeah i i'm with you i think you hit the nail on the head last week like and i think people are starting some people are starting to understand that but i think a vast majority of people think that it's a mitch problem but it's not a mitch problem but i don't understand i don't see how mitch comes back from this
1: neither I, do i and i point, point out a quick last stat that i find is weird from this wild card game yes yes uh the teams evenly split possession 30 minutes to 30 minutes on the dot wow
0: that's that's incredible like i
1: feel like that's weird i feel i definitely yeah. feel like that's
0: bizarre no agreed that is wow what a game i feel like one day considering we, the
1: we're... kansas city out game pittsburgh 478 to 257
0: Somebody, somebody's gonna make a documentary about that game, or s- at least some in-depth YouTube video about Thirty for Thirty,
1: movies. and then the title of it is Thirty and Thirty. Thirty. Thirty and Thirty. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I I will. Okay,
0: one more thing before we go to this Monday night game, I feel like it's Mitch. Mitch's best case scenario is like the Chase Daniel role of bouncing around as backups in the league that sort of thing. Um, And it sucks because I think that the teams sort of did him a disservice specifically, you know, towards the end, especially I feel like the bears and the Steelers. Um, But it's hard because you can only break a guy's confidence playing at that position so many times. I mean, especially drafting Kenny Pickett, you put him in a position to fail because that's a pit guy, like the first sign of trouble, they're going to be going to him. And when you go to him, you can't go back. Yep, like that's not that's not how it works, and we know this. Um, so it's it's really important to me, I think, and I think that you're a genius and really smart. And Matt Canada is the problem; it's not Mitch Trubisky.
2: Um, Niners Rams final game.
1: Uh, the Rams are broken. Allen Robinson is very bad. Those are my takeaways.
0: Allen Robinson was a guy who was really high on coming into the year and it seems like I, I warned you I, I know definitely warned you I know no I know you did I know you did it feels like to me that either they're unwilling to get them him the ball or he's unwilling to get the ball like it feels like somehow yeah. simultaneously both are true but I mean what are you going to do about it at this point like it, it seems like a lost cause and it's clear yep. that Ben's, Ben Skoranek, just as we expected, was the wide receiver two <laughs> in Los Angeles. Um, he
1: wasn't whatever. even that good at Notre Dame. Went to Notre Dame and Northwestern, and he was really good at Northwestern. And then he was like pretty noticeable for Notre Dame. And he turned that into being wide receiver two behind Cooper Cup for the Los Angeles Rams. That's wild. That's insane. Yeah. But it, it does make the Rams trading Robert Woods for a sixth rounder and then rolling with Allen Robinson look like a very bad decision.
0: Yeah. Ter- I mean, terrible. It's it's weird because that happened in three different spots. And I think that the, the Cowboys with Noah Brown have kind of alleviated their problem. But two weeks into the year, Amari Cooper looked great. Uh, Robert Woods was doing enough with the Titans and then obviously AJ Brown has gone nuclear with the Eagles um, and the teams that traded them away are kind of left holding the bag of like, all right, what do we have left type of thing? Um, And I'm at fault for it because I thought that Al Robinson would be the guy, Um, but this Rams team is a mess. They keep shoving the ball to Cam Akers when it's clear that he doesn't have the same burst and explosiveness that he had pre-ACL, or uh, excuse me, pre-Achilles heel injury. Um, Yep. And the defense, I mean, it's really not even a defensive problem, I think. It's just the offense cannot put together meaningful drives. No. And I don't don't exactly know where the blame should be placed, but it's certainly on the offensive side. It
1: looks like the definition of a Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, they're just like not on the same page yet, which is awkward. Um, because they should be, mm-hmm. um, considering the level that they played at last year, and then and then winning it all, and not seeing that this year with what doesn't feel like a drastic change. Obviously, losing Von Miller, um, is big, but Von Miller wasn't there until halfway through the year. Yeah, and they were still very good. Um. It, i mean it's so just far, weird. We'll ins-
0: yeah and i i think too there's something to be said about that that um letting him go um and you know maybe they offer the same amount of money he just wanted to go to buffalo but and then going around and signing bobby Wag- wagner whose main highlight was tackling that streaker that came onto the field like i think that's so far that's the most meaningful play he's made um correct me if i'm wrong but um yeah i yeah uh, they're a great talented team and i think that they will eventually figure it out but um a big too, statement one for the Niners. too big to fail yeah
1: yeah it's a good statement for the niners they still don't understand how they lost to the bears but monsoon is the only excuse for that
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i'm, I'm with you
1: like that's the texans are really the only team that i understand beating and that was probably the most difficult win between the two
0: Yeah. Uh, weird. This has been a weird year in the NFL. Yeah. Like the start of it. Every, obviously we're only this. four weeks
1: through. So, it, you know, everything could find its balance in the next few weeks. And yeah, we might just be talking about the same old teams in the same old spots. Um, but it's definitely weird that we're talking about the two and two Jags. When I think I had them winning probably just two games all year. Um, and the
0: fact that they won those games by combined 50 points.
1: Yep. And the and Falcons rails. already have more wins than I expected them to have this year or the same amount. So it, it's just kind of like a the Lions are the highest scoring team in the NFL, like Lions are the highest scoring team in the NFL. And also. When did
2: you watch hard knocks? Uh, a couple episodes, yeah.
1: OK, I watched the entirety of it with my dad because my dad fell in love with Dan Campbell, even though when I was watching the Lions game the other night my dad walked into the living room and goes, ah, there's your guy. And I'm like, I don't really like Campbell <laughs> gamble that much, but okay. Um, one of the big takeaways from it was they, so they gave Dutes Daly a lot of like attention as the running backs coach and never really get into Ben Johnson as the offensive coordinator. Um, but they also get into Aaron Glenn a lot as the defensive coordinator. And between Deuce Staley and Aaron Glenn, you you are like, all right, Aaron Glenn is probably the better coach. Deuce Staley definitely is just like a hardo and probably gets a lot of good out of his players. But from watching Hard Knocks, you were like, Aaron Glenn gotta be one of the best defensive coaches in the league, right? No, they've allowed the most points in the NFL too. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's one and even,
1: three. They've scored the most points in the NFL and they're one and three.
0: That's the only way. That's the only way you can do that is somehow be involved in the two high scoring games this season Yeah, or close to um, weird, weird. All right, let's make our bets and let's get out of here. We don't <laughs> have prospects for this week um, just to make sure that we can get all a hundred in our weeks. So we're going to take a week off and then we'll be right back at it the following week. With our prospect book report, but we've got bets to make. First game yes, is the do. Thursday night game, um, Colts Broncos. These two teams like they don't want to win. It seems like these they are allergic to winning each
1: other. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> you got to throw out the record books and these guys play each other. Throw
1: out the record book. <laughs> oh
0: uh, man, the horse game. Um, I like the over. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I think that no Jonathan Taylor. I'm this is going into this projection. No Jonathan Taylor into a short week. We saw what happens when Matt Ryan has to sling the ball. Somehow he put up 350. Um, I think that this Broncos defense has played well, but they also haven't played a lot of good teams. Um, they played a lot of struggling offense. I think they benefited from that. I mean, the Seahawks didn't really have a huge groove, the Niner struggled, um, but then the Raiders dropped 32 on them an hour. Okay, so you play a decent offense and then you start to struggle a little bit. Um, but I like the over. I think that Russell Wilson is annoying and he's going to do just enough to win the game, um, which is why I want to stay away from the spread. But I think that the Colts are going to score about 24 points, um, but somehow... Russell Wilson's going to lead a game winning drive down the field and they're going to win the game, you know, 27 to 24 or whatever the case, um, which fits nicely into the over um, easily. But it's dumb. It's stupid. Um, I know that it's going to happen. So like, it's fine. Um, But whatever. I'm already, I'm already annoyed at the Thursday. I'm already annoyed at the Colts and the game hasn't even happened yet. I need to, I need to open my heart up a little bit more, but that's just it's a, the fact of the matter 27 24 Broncos on a game winning Russell Wilson touchdown drive
1: so you were you had an interesting line there talking about the bet itself you were like taking the over is dumb and stupid agreed and that's why i've the under 43 <laughs> um i kind of goes back to what i said earlier taking the best player off of the field never really helps even though even as much as you want to hope. Oh. I believe, as as the cool kids say, cult. Um, I I just I have such a hard time seeing these teams hit forty three. I really do. It's definitely possible. It should be way more plausible. Before the season, I had two, I had these two teams thinking they were two of the more high powered offenses in the NFL, and Nathaniel Hackett hasn't told me anything other than to just think that he's the dumbest coach in football.
2: Oh, he and told you Frank that? Frank
1: Reich. He said that? Yeah, he did. I'm, he called you up. I'm, 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 I'm hammered, all right? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just I'm talking out of my butt. Um, and Frank Reich has done nothing to tell me no, otherwise. No, you're good. No,
0: just stop right there. He's done He's done nothing. But
1: that's fair. That's, yeah, that's pretty much where
0: I was going with it anyway. That, that sums he's, it up. He's,
1: Essentially, I was just going to say that he's, he's a handsome fella who is not coaching very well right now here's the thing he's got a very trustworthy face he does for someone who's just not doing very well kind, kind and
0: caring very difficult to fight to fight. Let you down um yeah. these two have struggled this year and it's sort of a unstoppable force like movable <laughs> the, the, it's kind of the unstoppable force immovable object type of a type of a game this is my mindset of like something's got to give they both can't suck that's what I told myself, and that's why I'm taking the over. Um, but whatever. Who knows? Don't follow my advice. I mean, I suck at sports betting. I had I, I had two parlays this weekend. Um, one of them was 40 yards for Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, and Tyree Kill. Um, 39 yards for Jalen Waddell. I had another one, which was involved Travis Kelsey, 95 receiving yards. He got 92. Um, so I just... <laughs> This is stupid I I like this is a good regre I'm glad I'm in Ohio because I legally cannot bet and that's probably the best possible thing for me right now <laughs> I needed to take a couple of days recoup oh, figure this out um but yeah, which is whatever I'm this betting is dumb I hate it um but let's look into our other two games that we we've put money on uh I don't know why this line is what it is but whatever we're rocking with it um the chargers are somehow wow i can't find it now i just had it chargers are somehow three-point favorites against the browns i know they're going on the road but um the chargers are are a really good football team and the browns are really good defensively and chargers probably gonna score 40 points but i'm gonna take the chargers minus three
1: all right um i have really nothing there other than to say that I agree with it it's not one of my picks uh but I think that's just because I liked three others on the board too. um Philly plays at Arizona this week the four and O versus the three and one Cardinals two and two two and two two and two two and two um. When you show me a fast quarterback like Kyler Murray, I think points. When you show me a really talented offense led by Jalen Hurts, I also think points. I'm probably going to get burned on this because it's just my big dumb brain telling me to take the over, but I'm taking the over. And the over set at 49. Uh, It's a 325 game. It's probably a game that I won't get on TV here um shout out uverse for being the worst cable package for watching football
0: i don't know there's Um, only three games no i take that back i was gonna say there's only three games but one of them's cowboys rams so that's definitely the one you're gonna get
1: no well the problem is if the bears game is on noon if the bears game's at noon and they play the vikings unless cowboys rams is america's game of the week i don't get the second game on fox oh yeah that is weird. yeah it's pretty brutal um so I will probably not be watching that game. Um so prayers up hoping that it's Cowboys ran so I at least get another game to watch. <laughs> um yeah it was Bears pre it was Bears post game this this week it sucked cuz I did not want to listen to Yeah what Bears. yeah
0: what what do you what do you even listen to? What do you talk? What
1: do it you was, do? It was it was yeah 3 hours for post game are you kidding me? <laughs> they were bad here we are at an hour and 22 no um (laughs)
0: um, somehow we keep trying to shorten these episodes guys our goal is under an hour but we do our
1: goal is like 45 minutes and we've gone out an hour and 22 the whole time
0: we're figuring it out guys we're we're new back to the podcast game we're we're gonna tighten it up we'll tighten it up but not this episode
1: maybe we're having some fun yeah Um, come on Anyway, I, I have the over. It just, it's a Fox game that I won't be able to watch. But if I was, I'm going to be so full of rage and Alpine subs on Sunday after the noon Bears game trouncing to the Vikings that this is just a game that has 100 points. Easy. So I'm taking the over. Um, and then my last pick, uh, Detroit goes to New England, and now I'm addicted to taking the Lions' overs. Uh, and also Matt Patricia revenge game over 45 and a half. So I like that. Matt, Matt Patricia revenge game actually sounds like kind of a threat to the over, <laughs> like, it, it's, it's what I, it's what I'm feeling. It's what, yeah I'm that makes
0: play. it sound like it's going to be like a 16 to 13 game <laughs> with like five combined turnovers. You can change it. I, I think the
1: last, no, I'm not going to <laughs> the, uh I think the Lions and Patriots, the last time that they played, was 2018 and it was matt patricia's first year as head coach uh with detroit and it was a very like detroit i think had i had so many chances to win that game and i don't think that they did it's possible that they did but it was the lions and oh god maybe they did now i now i'm second guessing myself who won this game
0: this is just the speculation episode that's all we've been doing you said how much you hate speculating and we've just been like speculating and like like things will just pop oh. into our heads. Like this is just stream of consciousness, guys. This is what we're rocking with. So, take it or leave the it. Why's
1: one uh, 26 to 10? They take the nice. shit. What the patriots?
0: Listen, if you yeah, if you have uh made it this far in the episode, then obviously like you've taken it. I was going to say take it or leave it. This is stream of consciousness, but if you haven't clicked off by now. Yeah. Wow. wow.
1: Wow. What are you what are you doing?
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, all right, one more, one more Race, pick, and then I'm gonna, One more pick, and then I'm gonna get out of here. Um, there's only one team in the NFL that has covered every game so far this season, uh, and it's the Atlanta Falcons. They are eight and a half point underdogs against Tampa Bay Bucks in Tampa Bay. Um, I'm gonna, I, I, I just have to ride it. I know this yeah. is gonna be the one where they don't cover, but like, you got to take wins. And if you're four zero, yeah. I'm riding the trend. With you. I'm rocking I love with it you if you're four zero. Um, so that's it. Falcons plus eight and a half. So I've got chargers minus three Falcons plus eight and a half and the over 43 and a half in the Thursday night game.
1: I have the under 43 on Thursday night game, the over 49 for Philly and Arizona and then the over 45 and a half for Detroit, New England. There it is. All right. There it is.
0: Let's, let's get out of here. Good episode. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Maybe some new things will happen or, and probably will because this is a, a weird NFL season, um, but we're here to make sense of it all, kinda. It's what we do. It's what you tune into here. So, thank you for that. And we will uh, we will see you next week. See you next week.